0: every team, every topic, everywhere this is believe.
1: In 2011, Denzel Washington gave a commencement speech at University of Pennsylvania, and I read it recently and it really resonated with me. He talks about failure. He says the point is every graduate here today has the training and the talent to succeed, but do you have the guts to fail? Here's the second point about failure. If you don't fail, you're not even trying. My wife told me this great expression, to get something you never had, you have to do something you never did. Les Brown, a motivational speaker, made an analogy about this. Imagine you're standing on your deathbed and standing around the bed are ghosts representing your unfulfilled potential. The ghosts of the ideas you never acted on. The ghosts of the talents you didn't use. And they're standing around your bed angry, disappointed, upset. We came to you because you could have bought us to life, they say. And now we have to go to the grave together. So I ask you today, how many ghosts are going to be around your bed when your time comes? When I read that, it really resonated with me. Maybe it's because I lost my dad young and I've lost friends way ahead of their time, way before it was time for them to go. But I have an understanding that tomorrow is not promised. And for me, one of the most important things is doing all the things that I want to do. The things that ultimately I will regret not having done. When I was younger, I would go for it. I would, I would just go for it without a business plan. I'd start a business without a plan at all, without an audience, I'd write a script, whatever it was. As you get older, you start to impose these things on yourself. And maybe some of you have it when, you know, you've had it since you're younger, but you start to impose yourself on yourself, these things that other people may think you start to look at yourself through the lens of other people. You start to factor in reality. And before you know it, you have all of these limiting beliefs that you have put on yourself to prevent you from taking the steps forward, to prevent you from taking a risk. And so I've been thinking a lot about that lately, whether it's, relationships with friends or relationships with loved ones or a job that you're not happy in or you know a passion project you always wanted to start when is it going to be the time that you take a look and say hmm this is the only life I have on this earth and if I want to make some changes I'm the only one that can make them. Trust me, I am guilty of being complacent and feeling comfortable and not getting things done and saying, tomorrow, 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 I will. But how many tomorrows do we have? We never know. It's something to think about. And in today's episode, we're going to get into it. Hey guys, welcome to Social Studies. I'm your host, Jenna Kingsley, and I promise you this is nothing like the social studies you learned in school. Okay, today's episode is a little unusual. It's not like the others. Every once in a while, I do a serious episode, a more serious episode. Today's episode is kind of about learning something. Um, It's not going to be a comedy episode, which is fine. It's still social studies. It's the way we talk to ourselves. It's the way that we follow through on everything. And I am so excited about my guest today. Her name is Erin Treelor from uh, Raw Beauty Talks. At Raw Beauty Talks. She has a podcast and Instagram. I've been following her for years and I really enjoy her content. She tries to keep things very real, which, as you know, is important to me on this show. And before we continue into this episode, I just want to do a quick word from our sponsor. So let's talk about Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free concerts, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your awards. Bet online where the game starts. Okay. Back to today's episode. So the format's going to be a little different. We're not going to have a don't hate me today. Don't hate me. But we have a little bit of a long episode and I just felt with the topic and everything, it would just kind of be awkward to have a don't hate me. So we're not having a don't hate me. Um, Also, this is the last episode of this season. We had a great season, didn't we? We had a great season. I think we do. did. I don't know about you guys, but, um, we will be back in the meantime, even though the season's over, I'm going to press subscribe and be subscribed because even though it's not going to be out every Tuesday over the break, I am going to have some bonus or surprise episodes when I get my act together and get on here to make some announcements. So make sure you're following social studies on Apple podcast or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to get, um, some, you know, to get these alerts. Lastly, please make sure that you're following at Jenna Kingsley and at official social studies on Instagram, because I'm going to have some news about where to sign up for the newsletter and uh, the Substack that's coming out. So just make sure you keep an eye on that. That would be awesome. And that's it. Okay, before we get into today's episode, I just wanna tell you a story because again, today's episode is really about limiting beliefs and these things that we put on ourselves that prevent us from being our highest self and prevent us from doing the things that we've always wanted to do. And I've had this realization, I think, in the past two years, I'd say, since COVID, since I really sat around With myself and did some work on getting things in my life done that I wanted to do. And the bottom line is nobody is going to show up at our door and do things for us. Nobody. Nobody is going to knock on your door and exercise for you. Nobody is going to go into your kitchen and force you to eat healthy food. Nobody is going to Uh, sit with you and create the business that you've always wanted to create, that's on you. If you're in a relationship where you're really unhappy, a very toxic relationship, it's time to take the steps to get out of it because until that person breaks up with you, you're stuck in it. If If you're in a relationship with someone who doesn't want what you want, they don't want the future with you, they don't want the kids with you, they don't want marriage with you, they don't have the same life goals is you, but those are things you really want, guess what? The only person that's gonna change that is you. These are hard truths about life and I've learned many of them the hard way. I'm still not a pro, but these are just things that I, I've i been thinking about lately. So I was really excited to have Erin on today. Um, I listened to a podcast she was on recently where she talks about limiting beliefs and what prevents us from taking those steps forward. So I'm excited to have her on. I want to share a quick story. I've always wanted to do ballet. Yeah, that's right. Ballet. I've always wanted to do ballet. I talk about it my whole life. I love ballet. I love ballerinas. I love watching ballet. And when I was younger, I did ballet, like really young, not old enough that it would ever matter. I had no follow through whatsoever. But When I went on break the first time, I signed up for a ballet class in my neighborhood and uh, once and for all, I went to ballet class twice a week. I put on the ballet outfit and everything because guess what? Uh, that's saying you're not too old and it's not too late. That's absolutely true. If you want to take ballet, get your ass to the bar and take ballet, not the drinking bar, the ballet bar. You know what I mean? But right now I also want to take like, you know, a painting class or a ceramics class. I have all these things I want to take with my free time that I'm not getting around to doing, but I want to. But with ballet, I did it. And I did it for a couple months, twice a week. And I learned very basic things, but I was excited that I was just doing it. Part of life is just doing the thing. So that's my little story about it. You are not too old and it is not too late. Get yourself some ballet slippers and the ballet outfit, which in my opinion is the best part, and go... Uh, Sign yourself up for a class if that's what you want to do. And if it's not ballet, maybe it's tennis, maybe it's uh, an MBA, whatever it is, whatever your heart desires, the only person that's going to make it happen is you. So um, that's my advice of the day. Now, without any further ado, let's get into today's episode. Okay, guys, I am so excited to have my guest on today. She's someone that I have been following on Instagram for about 2 years. And um, I think what she's doing is amazing. We're going to get into it. She's keeping things real on social media, which you know me, that's super important. Um, please welcome my guest today, Erin Trealor, host of the Raw, uh, Raw Beauty Talks podcast She has a Raw Beauty Talks Instagram. Erin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jenna. I'm
0: so excited to chat with you today. I've got my... Well, I'm actually... I'm drinking a coffee today. I've switched over to matcha because I have... I've lived with anxiety for a long time. And so I stopped drinking coffee because basically it fucked me up. Excuse my French. I don't even know if you I concur- can. This you, concur- okay. do you-, you
1: could say anything um, on here. It's so Anarchy. I
0: stopped coffee, cold turkey for a long time. And now I'm easing my way back in with matcha, which I love. I'm obsessed with it. However, this morning I was out. And so I'm doing the dirty. I'm having a coffee right now, which How's it feel? is like... <laughs> Well, I love being here lovely. for the cheating,
1: the not, not the could, cheating. The... It
0: could go in any direction. <laughs> I've, I love the memes that are like, you know, I either, I, I drink coffee basically to get effed up. Like I know I'm going to go at a million miles per hour and then I'm going to crash so hard in three hours and be like, why did I do that? But Hey, we got to live on the edge sometimes.
1: Um, Aaron, I want to get into your Instagram for a second and I want to get into everything you do. You are a health and wellness coach. I want to talk about your Instagram because what I loved when I found you, and I don't remember how I found you. I don't know if a reel came through or something. It was someone shared it. But what I loved about you is you were posting things to kind of mock our culture, not mock, but point out, shine a light on our culture of using filters and... Um, you know, faking perfection online. And that's a topic I'm very, very passionate about. If anyone Mm. listening to this podcast or knows my work, I'm really into that. And it was, when I found it, it was kind of, there's been an increase in accounts that do that body positivity or realness or showing real skin texture or all of that. So I love to see it especially for the young girls that are growing up during a time of social media. It is hard enough to be a girl growing up with your insecurities to now make it go on to a place where it looks like no one has acne. Nobody has any flaws. I can't even imagine what that is like for girls now with the filters and everyone has the same nose, even though it's not really their nose So here you come into my feed and I think you were maybe shaking your butt, showing dimples. Is that a possibility? (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember. Yeah, that sounds like me. (laughs) But I loved it. And I was like, because now you see people post, there's accounts where they'll show you how fitness influencers will pose one way and their body looks one way. But then when they undo the pose, they look totally different. What inspired you to go out there and make this type of account And tell me like how it felt and what inspired you.
0: Yeah. I started Raw Beauty Talks as as an account and a blog a long time ago, like 10 years ago. And I was healing from an eating disorder and my own body image issues. I should say right off the bat, like I was born into a tall, I'm 5'11", thin body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, really tall and, and naturally thin. I was a perfectionist when I was young, you know, straight A's did a lot of different activities, but the thing I loved the most was dance. Mm -hmm. And from a really young age, I was fascinated by Hollywood and fame. And this was before like everyone wanted to be famous. Mm-hmm. Now everyone, they say like the number one career people want is to be famous. The oh, kids really? Are seeing oh, from God. social media. Yeah. From social media. It's so not crazy. Crazy. I was so intrigued by it. And of course, um, you start to look at, okay, well, you know, what are all of these people doing who are in the spotlight? What do they look like? And how do I compare to that? And so Uh, At around 16, I started to listen to all the advice in what was at the time magazines Mm. and did like the, you know, 30 days of these tummy exercises to lean out your stomach and, um, you know, this, that and the other thing. So at the time I was looking to what was you know, the blog of the time magazines. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you remember, but like Cosmopolitan and self and woman's health, all of these magazines was all about shaping your body to look a certain way. And so I started cutting out carbohydrates. Fat became something I was really scared of and and wanted to avoid as much Mm -hmm. as possible. I would start jogging to my dance classes and do like three hours of dance afterwards. My parents were very involved in my life and I would just say like I want to be as healthy as possible and I want to be the most amazing dancer that I could be so mm-hmm. it was kind of easy to sneak these practices in. Right. And at first and how old it, were you when of, this all started? I was 16. Okay. I was 16. At first, you know, when, within this culture and society that we have, when people go on these wellness kicks, it's often celebrated. They mm-hmm. often receive praise like, wow, you're looking so good. Or, oh my gosh, you've lost weight. You know, we're very quick to notice people mm-hmm. and their bodies and to comment on them. So I, I began counting calories and just really quickly what started out as, you know, wanting to tone up here or there to be a little you know, a little different than I was spiraled into an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. And I, I couldn't stop that voice in my head that was counting the calories that was telling me not to eat. That was trying to find ways to hide food that was Mm -hmm. weighing myself every day. Uh, and I lost a significant amount of weight and ended up hospitalized for three months in an inpatient program. Oh, wow. And so not the, you know, not the, highlight of high school by any means, Right. but I came out the other side, I was at a healthier weight, but still really didn't know or understand how to feed myself, how to like, how to feed myself without somewhat restricting. And then I fell into this pattern of binge eating. Mm -hmm. And so there was just at that time, so much discomfort in my body, the way that I looked, my self-talk was just tragic. And continuously comparing myself to these images and individuals in media that were highly Photoshopped, edited, filtered, produced as Mm -hmm. well. Right. Um, and so I decided to start a website where I would photograph, I partnered with photographers, photograph women without makeup, photo editing, or filters. And I just had really real honest conversations with them about what it was like to exist in their body, um, their relationship with food confidence, What are their thoughts on like breast implants and politics and like things that were impacting women essentially. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, typed up these blog posts and I put them out and it kind of caught fire. It caught a lot of attention and press. And, and I ended up interviewing, you know, close to 300 women all around the world. That was the start of raw. Wow. Um, And sort of what inspired me to dive into this conversation. It was a really healing process for myself as well.
1: Yeah. Well, I I love it. So now Instagram comes along and now you start posting these unfiltered, unedited kind of posts. What was the reaction from people? Because I would imagine it's friggin' relief to see it out there. It was a
0: combination. It was a combination of things. I mean, when I started posting the photos of other women, there was a lot of relief, applause, congratulations. What was interesting was the transition where I started uh, showing up on my feed more myself. And that's still kind of something that I struggle with a bit in this Mm -hmm. conversation. And I'll explain why, but I after doing all of these interviews and talking at companies like Lululemon and Lush, I got to the point where I was like, I can't have another conversation with a woman who's feeling so trapped in her body and just not empowered by it, and who's not seeing herself in the same way that everyone else is. Mm-hmm. I had done a lot of work on myself at that time and had, you know, really moved into a space of more intuitive eating and just was like feeling really good in my own life. So I decided to do my health coaching certification and to sort of redefine what health and wellness is looked like and the conversation around it and the dialogue around it so that I could support women in feeling their absolute best, not just sitting on a couch, eating cheesies and like finding food freedom in that light, but feeling energized, feeling connected to their body, knowing, you know, how to eat without restriction or overeating and binging. And, um, and so as I started to coach and connect with women, our social media and instagram needed to change a little bit so that i was at the forefront versus all of these other women who i was featuring right a lot of the women that i was featuring had curvier bodies and um were kind of breaking the mold of what the traditional health and wellness or model or beauty standard that is set out for women mm-hmm. looks like right. it was refreshing and it made you know it made such a difference now I come along and I'm 5'11 and thin and I see a million imperfections in myself, which right. I've been working on. Um, but people were not down right, right. with my body type showing
1: Interesting. up. They Interesting. weren't
0: down with me wiggling my somewhat non-existent butt <laughs> that disappeared after child, like having kids. Um, and some people really were, some people connected with that, but it it has been a transition and hard to put myself out there. And I'm not, I'm not ever, ever trying to say, you know, life is harder and my body type, or um, I recognize how much privilege I have. Mm -hmm. There have also been struggles, you know, that landed me in hospital. It's, it's nobody is immune to the messages that, and the standards put on us by the beauty industry. But I really had to look beyond that to say, regardless of what I look like, and this is really what the conversation is about for every woman, regardless of what I look like, I have tools to support women in really transforming their life. And I have more passion about this than, I mean, there are a handful of other people who are as passionate about this work as I am. And so I'm going to show up and I'm going to keep showing up and talking about what I know. And the people, the right people will will find me and come to me.
1: I find it refreshing to see anybody, even if, if it were Cindy Crawford, coming on and saying, I feel this way about my body. I'm not comfortable about X, Y, Z. Because then mm-hmm. everyone knows that everyone has issues of their own that they're struggling with. Everyone has their thing.
0: What's so cool about having my podcast is that I I get to talk to women of all different backgrounds and body types. And I get to talk to women in big bodies who feel completely isolated and alone and who've struggled in it. And I get to talk to women in big bodies who are on the cover of Sports Illustrated and like just ooze with confidence. I've talked to supermodels who feel like, you know, they they have had eating disorders. They've mm-hmm. ha- been addicted to drugs in trying to oh, keep yeah. themselves small and beautiful. And I've talked to thin women, you know, like you see the whole range of things of and you see what's possible.
1: Of course. You see what's,
0: what's possible for us.
1: I mean, speak to any model and they'll tell a story about how they're casting, you know, their agent wanted them to lose weight even though they were already wildly thin. So
0: I mean, one of the things that I found most interesting and that was not expected from interviewing all of those women and all the conversations that I've had is that often the women who fit most closely to the standard of beauty were the ones who were the most insecure about Mm -hmm. their appearance. And I really had to think about why is that like you are kind of fitting closest to this mold or this definition of what is supposed to make us feel happy and confident. Like this is what everyone's working towards. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be confident and like loved and connected and, and all the things, but usually those individuals from a very young age have been praised for their appearance, for the Mm -hmm. way that they look, they've received jobs and compliments and like partners whether that's man or woman, they've received love because of the way that they look. Wow. And so their whole identity becomes so wrapped up in their appearance. Their sense of worth is based on their appearance. Interesting. And we know that in media and in our culture, as women age, as women, um, as, as, as our bodies change shape in various times of our life we're deemed as being less valuable according to media like we mm-hmm. women just disappear off the face of the earth after they're like 35 in media
1: it's there's crazy. very few
0: women that you see that's my next my next uh mountain that I'm going to climb is like we got to get more women of more ages visible in media and campaigns like they're still buying clothes they're still buying makeup they're still they're they're
1: there with that much more wisdom and knowledge. Like, why are they not showing up Yeah, anywhere in media? It's, it, that's a very important, Norma Kamali, who is on my podcast, she wrote a great book. Um, I am, I am invincible, but it's about women through every stage of life and at every age. And she said, we, as women, cause she's in her seventies, she's mm-hmm. very fit. She takes her mental health very seriously. Her, her, when I say her um, body health, I'm talking about her gut, her, you know, yes. her, her wellness routine. Um, she's active. And she said, the thing is, cause she looks great. And I said to her, I was like, You look so great. Like, cause she's a friend of mine. I was sitting with her one day and I was like, You look so great, Norma, for like 70, whatever. And she's like, We need to start changing the dialogue from you look great for this age to like, you just look great because you have to, right. she's like, so many people in entertainment have to hide their age. She's like, so if more people came forward and said, I'm 40, I'm 50, then people would see what a new version of that looked like. 40, 50, 60, you're still hot. It's just, we're told that you have to be younger. And so that's mm-hmm. a really big issue for women as well. And one of the things that drives me crazy is is when they post a picture of a female celebrity who we haven't seen in a while. And the comments about her, it's all comments about how she's aging, all of it, but you don't see that for the men. And I get crazy with it. I get crazy. The standards
0: are, are just so intense for us as women. And as a result, we spend so much mental energy, um, time, money on continuously trying to look younger, more snatched, tighter, you know, whatever it is, whatever mm-hmm. the like bigger lips this month, bigger butt that month. Like now, and then we oh shit, we're changing it up and we're heading back to way thin like in the 90s. It's just there's this continuous carrot that we're chasing that mm-hmm. we can never reach. And think about what that is doing in regards to like distracting us from what really, truly brings happiness and love and connection. That's an inside job. And yet we're all being kind of bamboozled into flying around in a million different directions, chasing proverbial youth, which is just not possible. Mm -hmm. And so I when I say that I'm not putting the blame on women like, oh, my gosh, we're getting distracted. There's a system out there that is like deeply integrated and deeply
1: powerful. That is that is driving this bus, which can also, by the way, add to the limiting beliefs that we're about to discuss. (music) Um, I wanted to talk to you about a podcast that you did that I listened to, which I'm like, I'm obsessed with the concept of limiting beliefs. Mm. I think that there's, that's something that I've become very conscious of in the past couple of years. But one of the things you did was compare limiting beliefs to being in a car and Mm you said these beliefs are driving the car and we don't even like the direction it's going in, but we feel we can't get out of the car. Mm -hmm. Um, And also you said that uh, limiting beliefs become a huge excuse to start playing small in life. I would love to talk to you about limiting beliefs because I think we all have them in some way, shape or form. And I loved that episode of your podcast Because one of the things I'm trying to do is really examine what my limiting beliefs are and try to break free of them so I can make more progress and not play it small. What are some of the ways you could recommend people identify their limiting beliefs? And then we can get into maybe some of your favorite steps on how to get outside your comfort zone and live outside your limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm.
0: Such a great question. So, I think the first step is always just becoming aware of what does that inner chatter? What is that inner dialogue? like in your own mind? When you look in the mirror, what are the words that you're speaking to yourself? What do you say about that reflection that's staring back at you? When you have a tough day at work or you receive feedback about something, what are the automatic thoughts, negative thoughts, ants as Dr. Eamon calls them, what are the ants that pop up for you in your mind? Now, everyone is going to have limiting beliefs or negative beliefs that come up now and then. So we really then have to look at, okay, if these thoughts are somewhat normal and everyone's going to have them, some people have way more than others, but everyone's going to have them surface at one point or another, then how do we navigate them? Mm -hmm. I've heard from a lot of people who are like, I don't feel good in my body. And I feel guilty about that. I know Mm -hmm. I should love myself. Like I know I should feel more positive about it. So now we've got this negative thought about the body or about the appearance. And then on top of that, we're piling more shame about, I shouldn't have these thoughts. These Mm -hmm. thoughts aren't normal. So there's a, a woman, Dr. Kristen Neff, and I'll share the link to the podcast episode that I did with her. And she talks a lot about self-compassion and the importance of finding and strengthening a self-compassionate voice. Self-compassion isn't, Automatic for most Mm -hmm. of us. It's actually not the way that our minds were designed from a survival perspective. Our mind is always looking at like what's the danger Mm -hmm. and how do we fix that? Right. So in this world, we've learned it's kind of dangerous to age because you're gonna disappear. People might not like comment on your looks anymore people might not love you. You might not love yourself. Mm -hmm. And so we start looking for solutions to fix that. So with these negative beliefs, when they pop up, we notice the thought and we just sort of keep as much of a neutral mind about it as possible. You can notice the thought and, um, almost imagine it just floating by in a bubble. And then we think about what is the kindest thing that we could say to ourselves in that moment. Mm-hmm. What would we say to a friend who is, you know, bashing herself about her body or wrinkles, or you know, what would we say to that other individual? And just speaking to ourselves, changing the dialogue around how we talk to ourselves in those moments prevents us from spiraling downward further and further. Right. That, fearful friend that I talk about in that podcast, that voice that is really fear-based, sometimes Mm -hmm. sounds negative, uh, has a tendency to take the steering wheel and, you know, drive us off down this negative path that can ruin a whole day or two days or a week or years in some cases. So rather than letting that voice drop off, finding that voice of self-compassion kind of pulls that, that negative thinking or puts a stop to it. Um, almost like if you have a record, it puts a scratch in the record Uh and then we're able to say, okay, yeah. Having a bad body image day, not feeling my best. What do I need in this moment? Like, let's get out and go for a walk. Uh And I'm going to use some of my self-care tools to get myself into a better place. And like, that's a whole other conversation about navigating bad body image days, but we can then use our strategies to support
1: us in feeling a little bit better versus continuing to spiral. Right. Um, now let me ask you, people talk a lot about negative self-talk Lord knows I do. I mean, we all do it and I know you're not supposed to do it. And I know that, you know, they say what you put out there into the universe, your talk is your, your thoughts or your, what do they say? (laughs) Um, but when you people are having negative talk towards themselves what they're they're feeling is very real so for example uh i will go on a dating app when i lose 15 pounds that is when i'll start dating again i am too old to start this business people that are successful with this business are you know uh, x y z age and i'm too old What other than having compassion for having those thoughts, which you said is the first step, what are some things that people like tools maybe to also break from those beliefs that feel so real to them?
0: Do you have any advice
1: for those people?
0: Yeah, so identifying where those beliefs came from Mm -hmm. is a really key starting point. So if we look at the one that is, I can't start dating until I lose 15 pounds. And you were to just take a blank piece of paper and say, where, where did I learn this? Like that is a thought that I'm having. Is Mm it 100% true that you cannot start dating until you lose 15 pounds. Like has nobody who has a similar body to you ever found love before? Mm -hmm. Is there nobody who has a similar body that has, um, gone on a dating app? And the answer is almost always going to be no. So it's not entirely true. It's a belief that you have and that you're carrying around. Mm -hmm. And then if we go back to sort of start to uncover, well, what are the, what's the root of this? Um, One thing I love, it may be hard to describe on a podcast, but I'll do my best is looking at what we call a belief table. So if you imagine a table with four legs Mm -hmm. and the top of the table is the belief that you have. I cannot date until I lose 15 pounds. Okay. Then we're going to look at what supports that belief, what supports that tabletop. So it's the four legs. Mm -hmm. And let's try and look at four reasons as to why you can't start dating until you lose 15 pounds. So first of all, um, my parents got divorced and there was a lot of conversation around weight. You know, when I was younger, I, I probably attached that to like, Mm-hmm. My, my parents losing love between one another okay. because of, of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, another reason might be I see what men are looking for on mm-hmm. Instagram and, you know, in, in media, I know what is beautiful and lovable. I'm seeing mm-hmm. those images all the time all around me. and until I look like that, nobody could possibly love me. When I was in third grade on the playground, somebody laughed at my stomach or grandma said something about the fact that I was eating a lot and Mm -hmm. that made me self-conscious. And I felt in that moment, like I was unlovable because of my body. So we start breaking down and looking at all the reasons that this belief may be in place. And then we can then go piece by piece through this to start to identify whether that is true, whether that is, the full story whether that's a perception that you have mm-hmm. um whether you know that's what a younger you was seeing but it's not necessarily what a now more mature version of you knows to be true we can just start to slowly become a little bit more objective about those feelings and those beliefs that we have another piece is Almost always when we have these limiting beliefs, they are there in some way, shape or form to keep us safe. Mm -hmm. So there's fear around doing the thing because (laughs) it might not work out. Right. There isn't 100% certainty. And so it feels safer to stay exactly where we are in the bubble of our comfort zone. The... Challenge is that in staying where we are, we are sacrificing or giving up on our dreams, on a greater love, mm-hmm. on uh stepping more deeply into our purpose. And so sometimes just identifying there's a lot of fear here. Yeah, I'm terrified that I could fail or that I could be rejected or that I'll lose all the money from retirement, or that he'll say no. And then we have to remind ourselves that in everything that we are going for, that is great. There will be failure.
1: A hundred percent. It's
0: there's, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that first person you go on a date with is going to say yes to you. Like right. it's not going to work 100% you have to kiss A of lot time. of
1: frogs, you have to get fired yes. from a lot of jobs. You have to have yes. a lot of failed entrepreneurial efforts.
0: Exactly. You're going to start the business and you're going to fall flat on your face a couple of times, but you know what? You're going to have so much fun doing it. Mm -hmm. And in those moments when you're in the dirt, you're going to learn so much and gain so much strength and, uh, and so much resolve. And most importantly, you are going to feel so much more connected to yourself Mm -hmm. because you're really living in alignment with what you want. And you're living in a place of, of love versus fear. And when I say love, it's like loving on yourself and your dreams and the things that you want in life. You're moving from that space versus staying stuck in a place of fear.
1: I also think there's an element and it's easier said than done, trust me, because this is something that I'm really trying to work out in my head because this is, I want to get, you know, they say everything you want is on the other side of fear. Mm -hmm. At some point, it also comes down to, will you have more fear about never trying than fear that you tried and failed. Yeah. Because for me, the fear of never having an idea and making it come to fruition, now I'm speaking as a creator, right? It's is way worse than never having put that out there to begin with. So yeah. that's just a little kind of one of my little tips and tricks that have, have gotten my butt in motion as of late. I love that. Erin, yeah. before I let you go, which I'm going to sadly do soon, I just have one more question for you. People who, I mean, just on the topic we just discussed or who are very caught up about judgment of others, mm-hmm. um, because I do have some people on my mind, I'm not going to tell their stories right now, but People who I would love to see jump into something that's wildly uncomfortable and they're Mm -hmm. very caught up in what other people will think. Mm -hmm. What is your advice to those people? Is there anything uh, that you have to say to them? Any tips and tricks to not worry about judgment of others? Um, I'm sure that's something that comes up a lot in your practice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We, we're all
0: terrified of judgment of others. We're all terrified of what other people are going to think or say about us. And part of that is because we ourselves as individuals judge others. Mm -hmm. So we know that others are doing that to us as well. And that feels scary and terrifying. And again, keeps us playing small and, and stuck. Mm -hmm. And so one of the, like, this is why I'm so passionate about the work I do because the more that we love ourselves, the less we find ourselves judging or caring about what others are doing. Totally. in Totally. I agree with that.
1: Is. But I just have to say, when you have someone in your life who's very judgmental of other people, which could be a very negative voice, you always have to pay attention to who that's coming from. Because it's More often than not going to be someone who is wildly unhappy with their own shit. Yes. Sorry, go ahead. I just had to throw that in because it just reminded me of a specific circumstance. It's so
0: important. Yeah. There's this um, thing in Buddhism. I just finished my meditation teacher training. And one of the key things that I took from it was this idea of right speech. So in Buddhism, there's something called the Eightfold uh, or the the noble path and there's kind of eight practices that you can sink into to provide more inner peace mm-hmm. and one the one that stood out to me the most was something called right speech which is where we're very mindful of the power of our words and the language that we speak not only to ourselves but outwardly to others we don't gossip we don't lie even those little white lies and even if that's popping up in our mind we just you see it and you notice it and you don't judge yourself for it because we all like have judgments and we all have thoughts and things and you let it float on by but you don't speak it out loud mm-hmm. and in doing that it brings an incredible amount of inner peace because okay. in not you know speaking that judgment out to other people then they're not linking onto that and a whole conversation starts about that girl in the office and blah, 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 that you don't actually truly want to be part of. Right. Anyways, this is a side tangent. So right speech, you should Google it and just try practicing it in your own life. It really makes a difference. Um, but back to the question at hand, what were we talking about?
1: Oh, self-judgment. Uh, like, uh, judgment of others, not worrying about judgment of others. So that example you just gave, right? About people like who are constantly gossiping, Like if you have people in your life who are just kind of negative and constantly have a negative statement about others, my feeling is if someone always has negative statements about others they are probably saying the same thing Mm -hmm. about you. So what is your advice for people who feel surrounded by judgment of others or one or two people in particular, or, you know, someone that's putting that stuff out there, that negative talk, that gossip, that all of that. How to protect yourself so you can go free and live your best life without worrying about the judgment of others. Because after a while, that stuff gets to you.
0: Yeah. I mean, the first thing that pops to mind is remembering that the people on the playing field aren't talking about the people in the stands. Mm. The people on the stage... I love that. ...are are talking about the people in the audience. That is the best thing ever. Ever. It's the truth. It's like, I love that. When you think about so many of the people that, I mean, when I think about so many of the people that I admire, they have. Die hard fans who live and die for them. And then they have an equal amount, if not more people who just like, can't stand them, who despise them. Mm-hmm. The higher you rise, the more people you're going to tick off. It's just the nature of the game because people who are miserable and sad are going to be offended by your light. They are going to be triggered by the fact that you are happy that you are going after your dreams when they've told themselves that they can't have that. So haters going to hate. And yeah, it's hard to hear I love that, that analogy, so, tune it out. but like, remember that, that, The more people who are judging you, as long as you're living with intention and not, you know, and, and living from a space of kindness and love and not intentionally trying to hurt people, of course, that goes without saying, then, then got to learn to cut out the noise. It's not easy,
1: but yeah, keep remembering you're on the stage. I love that analogy. I love it so much. I Mm -hmm. love it. Um, Erin, you are so great. Thank you so much for being here. Everyone, you must follow Erin on her Instagram at Rob Beauty Talks. Erin, why don't you tell everyone how they could find you, stalk you, be a part of your life? You guys have to do it. She's very inspiring. And I'm so honored that oh. you're on my podcast because I've been watching you uh for years, not to sound creepy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for having me on. I've absolutely loved this conversation. I feel like we've covered a lot of topics in an hour, everything from matcha to uh, limiting beliefs. And I'm just so grateful that you've opened up the space and asked such great questions. I can be found on Instagram at Raw Beauty Talks and my website is rawbeauty.co.
1: Okay, terrific. And everyone go listen to her podcast because it's thank really you. good. Yeah, I'd love um, to see you over there. Erin, thank you so much for being here. Don't go anywhere. Hang on. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for tuning in to Social Studies with Jenna Kingsley. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to hit subscribe and leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to stalk me, you can do that on Instagram at Jenna Kingsley. You can visit my website, jennakingsley.com. You can follow me on Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at Jenna Kingsley. If you have a topic you think we should cover, you can slide into the DMs or send me an email. Have a great week, and I will speak to you